Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I want to share with you today from Isaiah 49. I love the book of Isaiah. In fact, I just love the Word of God. And I encourage you to develop a absolute delight in fellowshipping with the Lord through His Word. Now, every day I love the opportunity to sit in my chair or sit in my desk. I get a cup of tea and um, my journal, and I love to open the Word of God and let Him speak to me. And I know that He wants to speak to you. And I pray that this will encourage you today. It's a beautiful passage here in Isaiah 49, verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. It's such an amazing passage of Scripture. It reveals the heart of God for us. But it starts here, can a, a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even they may forget, but I will not forget you. What he's doing here is he's saying, you know, one of the strongest bonds in the world is a mother for her child. Mother's love is, is so intense that when, when a baby's born, something seems to happen to you where suddenly you, were, you would die for that child. I remember um, reading a children's book to my kids and it was um, the story of this mom and she'd have a little baby and she'd hold a baby and say, I love you forever, I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And then as the, the boy grew, she'd sneak into his room at nighttime. She'd pick him up and she'd rock him and she'd say, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And then it goes on. And when he was a lanky teenager, sometimes she'd crawl into his room at nighttime while he's sound asleep and sit on the bed and scoop him up in her arms and say, oh, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby will be. And it goes on. And then at the end of the story, uh, when the, the man is fully grown, he goes to see his old, old mother and um, she's too frail to pick him up anymore. And so he picks her up and says, I love you forever. I like you, I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mama, you'll be. And you know, we used to love that story when the kids were little. Um, but it, it shows this heart attitude that mothers have for children. And I know it's not always that way, which is a sad situation. But what the Bible's saying here is that it, it's a hard thing for a woman to forget a child. I know that when um, years ago when my, one of my children was um, away from God, I just was not, not able, I struggled to be happy because I, my emotions would go up and down depending on how they were doing. 
which isn't a healthy thing. We need to learn how to be happy, not based on a circumstance or an outcome, but on joy that's supernatural. And I had to really press through that to not let myself continually go on a roller coaster, up when they were doing well and down when they weren't doing well. Instead, putting my hope on the one who doesn't change. But it does show that a mother's heart is, is so connected to her children. Uh, you know, I would cry on Mother's Days and birthdays and Christmases if, when things weren't right with one of my children. It was hard to rejoice and be happy. Praise God, I the glorious redemption of all that He's done and I give God thanks for that and praise for His amazing grace and His glorious redemption and all three of my children are just such a delight uh, to me. Now, and, um, and it just gets sweeter and sweeter. God just keeps blessing us. But he says here, can a woman forget her child and have not compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. And you know, it can happen that, that breakdowns happen in relationships. But God says, even if they could forget, I will not forget you. See, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. That's an astonishing thought, that the nails that went through Jesus' hands, I, I think it's amazing that when Jesus rose from the dead, he still kept the scars in his hands and the scars in his feet and the, the hole in his side. Remember when Thomas was, was there, he said, come on, put your, put your hand in the holes in the, and in my side. And because Thomas had said, I won't believe unless I can do that. Jesus still has these marks on his hands and says to us, I will never forget you. In fact, he says, your walls are continually before me. That is, he's speaking here of Jerusalem, the walls of Jerusalem are continually before him. In other words, he's continually thinking about them. And in the same way, God's thoughts are continually about you. God's continually thinking about you, which is an amazing thought. In fact, he's not like humans can be in that he does, he's not fickle and doesn't get moody and change his mind and think, well, you know, I'm tired of them or they've frustrated me or I'm giving up on them. He says, your walls are continually before me. They're continually there. And I'm aware of everything that's going on in your life. And I'm not watching as a distant observer. <coughs> I'm watching as one who is intimately interested, fascinated with what's going on in your life and desiring to be your help. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Can I just have a minute, Tom? <coughs> I just want to get him on the platform. <laughs> Ta-da! 
<laughs> there he is. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Behold, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands and your walls are continually before me. <coughs> that means God's not watching as a distant observer to see how it's going. He is looking and caring about every situation and wants to help. He wants to be there to intervene, to give you hope. And every time he looks at you, he wants you to know that he is for you. My grandmother, as I was growing up, we'd go and stay with her on holidays. And I tell you, you could never say a bad word about any of her family. She wouldn't hear it. Would never hear a bad word about anyone that wasn't there. And um, it was so assuring to know that you are my family, therefore I am for you. She was so loyal and fierce in her loyalty. You know, that's how God is with us. He is so fierce in his loyalty to you, in his love for you. He doesn't change his mind about you. He always hopes, always believes. He never gives up. You know, it tells us here in 1 Corinthians 13, and you can turn there with me if you've got your Bibles. Verse eight, love never fails. That's who he is. He never fails. He never stops loving. He never gives up. You know, the Bible tells us that God is love. And so this definition of love is actually a description of who God is toward you and I. Verse four, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. You could insert the word God there. God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous. He doesn't love, he doesn't brag and he's not arrogant. He doesn't act unbecomingly. He doesn't seek his own. He's not provoked. He doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. He doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and his love for you never fails. And we know too that he says now, it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. As he is, so are we in the world. So we also have this as our definition. We can step in and say, thank you, Lord. I put on in faith, I put on the superpower of kindness. I am patient, I am kind, I bear all things, I hope all things, I endure all things, I always hope, I always believe because he loved us first and because of his love for us, I get to love like that as well. But God wants us to know that when he's looking at us, he's not observing from a distance, 
that he's looking and saying, your walls are ever before me. I am always thinking about you and wanting to comfort you, wanting to help you. I am not giving up on you. You know, when you come to him and say, Lord, have mercy on me, forgive me for my sins. I receive you as my savior and as my Lord. Come into my life, make me new on the inside. I believe Jesus died and rose again, paid the price for my sin and I need you as my savior, Lord. Come into my life, save me, be my Lord and my savior. When you do that, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he will always hope, always believe, always endure in that when you wake up in the morning and you feel like, well, I haven't prayed very much, I haven't been doing very well, you can look at him and know that his eyes are looking back at you with deep affection and powerful love. His love for you is so intense that when he looks at you, he loves you. It's one of my favorite verses in the scriptures. Jesus looked at the, the rich young ruler and the Bible says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And that's what he does to us every day. He looks at us and he loves us. And he has hope, he believes. He, he knows and believes in his heart that there is hope for you. And he looks at you and, and wants you to understand that no matter what situation you're in, no matter how deep you feel you've gotten into trouble, no, no matter how far you feel you've fall, fallen from grace, he is there to say, I'm here. I haven't changed my mind about you. I still believe in you. I still have a plan for you. The plans I have for you are to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. I am the way. You feel like you've lost the way, but I am the way. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And even if you feel like you've fallen by the wayside, the Bible says, so the righteous man falls seven times, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. It's an amazing thing about God is that he doesn't come to the point of saying, I'm too offended with you, I'm given up on you. People do sometimes. Sometimes we, we give up too quickly on people. But God doesn't give up on us. He's relentless in pursuing us. My father used to love a poem. Uh, one of his favorite poems is by Francis Scott Thompson called The Hound of Heaven, written by a Catholic priest. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit how, chasing him down the highways and the byways. And as, a, as this man tries everything to try and find love, this voice constant behind him, unchanging, is there saying, I'm the one that wants to, I'm the only one that can satisfy your need for love. And that's the truth. God is the one who is faithful. God is the one who is unchanging. He is the only one who is perfectly solid, perfectly trustworthy, who will never disappoint, never let you down, never slumber or sleep. Humans have to sleep. People aren't available 24 seven to help you. And even if they were, you'd still have to work hard to try and explain your heart to them. But God knows your heart. He knows you absolutely and intimately. He cares about you intensely. 
and He's not given up on you. He knows all of your sin, but when you've come to Him and said, I'm sorry, and you repent, He chooses not even to remember it, never to repeat it, never to recall it. He doesn't recall or even make mention of past sins, the Bible tells us, hallelujah. And He looks at you and He continually calls you. His words are like a plumb line. Tom's trying to build me a, um, a beautiful arbor in the garden where he's gonna put a passion fruit vine. And I, I helped him just a tiny bit with this string that he was wanting to um, put up to try and make sure things were level, to try and measure things. And you know, Jesus, when he speaks, is like this plumb line to make sure the walls are straight. And that when his words to us every day are an invitation back onto the narrow path, back on to the highway of holiness, back into the way of life and truth and freedom. Because you'll never be truly happy unless you're walking in the purity and the holiness, the joy that He has for you, the way that He has laid out before you. Jesus is the way the truth and the life. And if you'll come to Him, even if you feel like you've been away from God and you come to Him and say, Lord, here I am, help. I don't even know if you'll speak to me. You can have confidence that He absolutely will, that He wants to encourage you. You can open up the Word of God and say, help me, show me where to read. And read until you hear Him speak. Read until He speaks to you and shows you the path. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And He so desires to help you recognize His great love for you. Can a woman forget her child and have not compassion on the son of her womb? No. But even if they did, even if a mother forgot her child, God will not forget you. Your walls are continually before Him. He's engraved you on the palms of his hands, before you were ever born, he suffered and died so that you could have eternal life, so that you could have relationship with him. I love it when my kids treat me for Mother's Days or birthdays. And um, it's lovely when they bring a gift and they um, celebrate you, which is a beautiful thing. But I tell you, the joy is not in the once a year celebration. It's, it's in the everyday, them coming up to you in the kitchen and asking you how you are or opening their hearts and sharing something of their heart or having a conversation with you, or putting their arm around me. And it means so much when they show love when they don't have to. You know, God is desiring a relationship like that with you and I. A relationship that's not formal, that doesn't just come on Sundays and, and, and just worship once a week to, to do what is good for a, a good son or a good daughter to do. But he, he longs for a, a depth of relationship where you can expose your heart to him, where you can talk to him, tell him the things that are on your heart, where you can come before him and, and tell him all your anxious thoughts, all your worries, all your fears. He tells us in Philippians 4, to be anxious about nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication to make our requests known to him and the peace of God will guide our hearts and minds. He is the 
perfect parent. When you speak to him, he's not there judging you, trying to correct you or, you know, sort you out. He is there to listen to you, to help you, to show you the way and to let you know that he is for you and on your side. He's not, he's not weighing you to see if you're measuring up. He's there hearing you and wanting to be the hand that upholds you and leads you and guides you. He is the friend of sinners, hallelujah, and he is love that always hopes, always believes, always trusts, never gives up, and always endures. Until we recognize that, we'll be limited in our ability to have relationship with God because we'll always be afraid. And where there's fear, that involves torment, the Bible says. But God doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants His perfect love to cast out that fear so that when we come to approach God, we're not afraid that He's going to reject us, but we believe that He is who He says He is. He is this one who says, see, I will not forget you. I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. All that goes on in your life, he says, I'm aware of, I care about, I have a plan for, and I wanna help you. He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He says, if you will ask me for help, I am your ever-present help in time of need. He says, those who run to me, my name for them will be like a strong and mighty tower. Those who look to me will be radiant and their faces will never be covered with shame. As we come to the Lord and believe that He is for us, we can live in security. I used to be so insecure, uh, just terrible. In fact, I was always thinking, I wonder what that person's thinking about me. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. They probably think this. Oh. And always trying to do better, trying to please people. And the, the harder I'd try, the more rejected I'd seem to be. But then when I began to get a revelation of the love of Christ that passes knowledge, when I began to pray this beautiful prayer in Ephesians 3 about being rooted and grounded in love, to have the love of God fill me up to overflowing, to have revelation of this love that passes human comprehension, as I began to intentionally believe God wanted me to have that experience it, know it, as I allowed His love to fill my heart, the insecurities melted away because my security became grounded in someone that never, ever rejects me. Someone that will never give up on me. Someone that is always there, always hoping, always speaking words that are a plumb line of life to help me put my feet back on the right path. This one who believes in me. I had the joy of speaking um, with Ron Sims this week, who runs Full Gospel um, Australia with Justine, Ron and Justine, they're just such beautiful people. And um, Ron just spoke a few words um, this week on the phone to me uh, and just spoke into my identity, what he believed about me. And you know, as I got off the phone, my, my heart felt so encouraged hearing the words of a father affirming what they believed about me. And you know, that's what God does for us. He affirms us. He reminds us of our true identity, that we are pure, we are patient, we are kind, and that we're defined by these 
amazing virtues, not because of our performance or our behavior, but because we've surrendered our lives to him and received his life in exchange for ours. As we start to believe, thank you God, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. We need to remember what he looks like. He is this one who never gives up. He is this one who is continually kind, continually patient, patient. His patience is so astonishing that you can't get him frustrated to the point of turning his face away from you. He will never give up because his patience is beyond your ability to understand. It doesn't mean that we sin and we just live licentious lives, absolutely not. But by knowing this about God, we can know that we can come to him no matter what, talk to him and find someone that is for us, find someone that wants to help us. You know, he doesn't wink at sin. If you are in sin, you will feel guilt, you will feel torment, but the voice of the Holy Spirit is there saying, listen to me, open your, open your Bible, listen to my words, I will show you the way. Give me your sin, I'll forgive you. I'll give you power to walk in holiness. And he doesn't leave us where we are because he knows we're gonna be uncomfortable. He disciplines those he loves, but he does it because he knows true joy is only found in walking in the path and the identity that he has for us. You know, today, if you know in your heart, you aren't walking the way that God has created you and intended you to walk, if you're not walking in God's ways, He so desires for you to realize that He is not condemning you, but He is pleading with you to come into the light, to come back into Him, to say, Jesus, I need your help, help me, I repent of my sin. You know, the moment you do that, you don't have to go through a long process of coming back into relationship. God talks about this when Jesus gave the parable of the prodigal son. This son had utterly shamed his family. He'd done all the things that Jewish boys shouldn't do. He'd been with prostitutes, he'd been gambling, he'd spent his father's inheritance, he'd absolutely despised his father and his family name. When he ran out of money, he finally decided to come home. But you know, the moment the father saw him, he ran towards him, wrapped his arms around him, kissed him, called for a robe and a ring and a party, gave him authority. He overwhelmingly restored him before the son had done anything to prove that he was worthy of it. And that's the beauty of who God is. The moment you take a step toward home, he runs toward you to wrap his arms around you, to restore authority to you that you don't feel like you deserve. The Bible tells us in 1 John that even if our hearts condemn us, he is greater than our hearts. That even if we don't feel worthy, he is there saying, my grace is better than you feel like you deserve. If you'll humble yourself, repent of your sin, receive the mercy of Christ, he wants, to, he wants you to experience the freedom of forgiveness, the joy of his embrace. And he longs to help you, to guide you. He's patient, he's kind, and he is for you. 
I encourage you to pray today from your heart to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To say, Lord, I need your help. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died and rose again. Come and make me new. And if you pray that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Please write to us. We'd love to be praying for you to encourage you in your new walk with Jesus. He loves you so much and we love you too. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I pray that that verse encourages you. I was reading this morning, um, and I'm gonna ask Emily and Joseph to come and join me. We're gonna pray for a few people before we get into our Zimunion groups tonight. Hallelujah, communion groups on Zoom. But I was reading um, 2 John today. By the way, that was one of our Bible trivia questions. Aaron, um, we played with Trevor and Meredy this week too, and I think they beat me as well. Hallelujah, praise God. But one of the questions I think Meredith had was about what's the shortest book in the New Testament? Does anyone know? Shortest book in the New Testament? Um, you can pop it in the, the comments if you know. Turns out that it is the third letter of John the shortest book in the New Testament. It's four words shorter than the second letter of John. But the second letter of John is addressed to the elder, to the chosen lady and her children. And then he finishes off with the, cho the children of your chosen sister greet you. And really, I was so encouraged as I was reading this this morning and doing a little bit of research. Some people, there's speculation that it may have been Martha, um, because whoever this woman was that was running a church, um, it seems she actually had a personal relationship with Jesus as he walked the earth and um, was a witness to the, the things that Jesus did. But I'm not sure if that's the case. But whoever it was, this, the affection with which John writes to this woman who's leading a church um, is so beautiful. And I just want you to know that the affection that God has for you is so intense and I want us as a church to be known by our love for one another. Hallelujah. So Joseph and Emily, where are they? Mother's Day present for me. Joseph is gonna help us, hallelujah. And Emily, we're gonna prophesy over a few people, hallelujah. Come on up. Let me see some of these. Oh yes, there you go, Tom, you know, Third John is the Shortest book of the New Testament, hallelujah. I love you all, thank you so much for your encouragement. I love seeing these comments. I actually go over and, and watch all these comments, listen to all these comments um, on both my page and the Glory City page um, because it's so beautiful to see you interacting. Thank you so much for your um, engagement. I've just been so blessed by our church, the way you continue to give, the way you continue to engage, the way you continue to love each other, pray for each other. I love you praying for each other here on the chat too, which gives me a lot of joy. So I pray that you continue to do that. Be really intentional. It's beautiful. Hey guys. Hallelujah. Have you got a, a microphone too? I think there's another one somewhere. Hallelujah. Yeah, we'll find another one. There's another mic. Praise God. Well, it's so good. Thank you for my Mother's Day today. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy the crab? <laughs> Very good. Wonderful. Well, 
Joseph, are we going to pray for some people? Very good. Um, I got a word for a broken right ankle. So if that is you, this is for you. Um, thank you, Father, that you're just going to get that full healing right now. Just going to be able to do whatever you could do before. Just be a full healing, full realignment for all tendons will be fixed right now. Amen. You know, as we're hearing these words of knowledge, it's so exciting to hear the testimonies coming um, of people being healed as they are receiving these words of knowledge. We had some wonderful testimonies from Friday. Absolutely brilliant. So I pray that um, the Lord will touch you and we really encourage you to send through your testimonies as you get them. Hey, Em, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for my breakfast in bed this morning too. That's okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Did you enjoy our, our lunch? Yeah, it was, it was really good. Dad definitely deserves that virtual round of applause. It was really good crab. It was good crab. And you made sourdough bread. It was exceptional, I might say. Well done. Thank you very much. Proverbs 31 woman here. Hallelujah. Um, Joseph is probably not so much a fan of my cooking or, in fact, I went to go, I, I volunteered to make dinner last week and we, Emily and I, I were at shopping. I said, what shall we eat for dinner? Oh, I'll cook. Um, and I said, we could buy steak. We could have steak and salad or steak and veggies or chicken and veggies or lamb. She was like, mom, just let me cook. <laughs> Ended up cooking some Korean bulgogi or something creative so but we love I'm very happy to submit to your gifting <laughs> you get someone to pray for I do but for the record mum does make a really good uh, roast lamb dinner so there is that <laughs> there there is that it's hard to make a mess of that one <laughs> and she does make a good one um I'm back with my notebook again I've written a few down um and I'd like to first uh, give a word for Abby, Abby Wormsley. We love you, Abby. Um, so I got the, the verse uh, in the Passion Translation of Proverbs 11, verse 16. And it says, A gracious woman will be honoured with a splendid reputation. A gracious and generous woman. And um, I just felt the Lord saying that he's so undone by your heart for people and the way that you treat people and um, how when you see someone that's been knocked down that you you take it upon yourself to uh, build that person up again, to build them up to their, their former glory and further on beyond that. And, um, and I see the way also that you encourage people as well. Um, you just generously share out encouragement wherever you go, uh, no matter who it is, no matter what they've done to you, um, no matter if you've known them for a long time or haven't known them for very long, you um, generously share that encouragement with them. Um, and um, because of this, um, God is going to bless you abundantly um, and generously, just as you've generously given to others as well. Uh, and he wants to con constantly um, honour you and bless you just as you honour and bless him. Very good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Got a mic. Hey, Travis, Travis and Zoe, praise God they're engaged. That's pretty awesome. What a lovely, lovely couple you are. Yeah, um, so I just got a picture of you on a, like a bungee cord, but it was like you were like jumping down into like this space. 
space and you're like grabbing something and quickly getting out of it. So it's like I feel like he's like using you, but he's not. He's like gonna put you into places that are like like scary or something ish, kind of not entirely sure. But um, he's gonna be able to put you in there, but not gonna stay there for very long. You're gonna quickly be out, and then you're gonna go back and quickly grab something, grab and bring it out. So I just feel like he's just gonna be really using you in that kind of way. Hallelujah. Again. You again. I'm you enjoying can. this. It's Mother's <laughs> Day. You guys can do all the work. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I saw in the chat um, there's a man called Dylan Rawlings um, from Anala, I believe. Um, and I heard um, God say that he has not forgotten about you, and that on the contrary, he's actually thinking about you all the time. <laughs> um, and I felt God was saying that um, it's getting ready to, to activate you. Uh, and I was reminded of the story of like Moses and the, and the burning bush. Um, and he was a shepherd for so many years, um, tending his sheep. And then one day he came across like this bush and he's like, wow, that's cool. And he went and looked at it and it was commissioned to, by God to set uh, the people of Israel free <laughs> uh, from Egypt. Um, and felt that that story was um, really resounds with you and what the season that you're going through right now, um, that God is beckoning you to like take notice of um, the signs and what he's doing right now um, so he can activate you and like, commission you into what he wants you to do. Um, so I encourage you to, to look out for um, when God is speaking and the things that he's putting in place in your life and the season that you are in now and to really look into the word with like the expectation to really see something that's for you, um, that's ripe in this season um, and to really draw from that and, like, and expect to draw from it in a new way and with new revelation. So yeah. Very good. Hey Joseph, um, you have been helping out in the leadership of the youth. I see Pastor Matt is cheering you on. He, what, tell us what's happening in the youth. What's, what, are you, what did you do last night? What did you guys have? It was a 70s and 80s live workout or something. I was like, can I watch it? He goes, no, it was live, mum, you missed it. <laughs> they get into all sorts of things, like eating very interesting things as a challenge. It, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. And beautiful devotions. Um, Pastor Matt, we love you. You're doing an incredible job with you. It's so good. You got any more? Go ahead. I got one more, but I will give a shout out to Joseph if you haven't seen him uh, down an entire egg, shell and all. Oh. Um, it's, it's really something. You took one for the team, didn't you, Joseph? Two, two for the team. <laughs> oh, Matt, I think that's enough with the making my son eat raw eggs. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sure he doesn't mind. Right? <laughs> He's good with it. Uh, Dee Dee. Got a word for you. Yeah, Didi. I saw your name in the chat, and the first thing I could think about was like, oh, I love Didi so much. <laughs> it was like this, this feeling of like such peace and of such joy, just like looking at your name and like thinking about you. I'm like, oh. Um, I think the only way I could describe it was like um, when 
someone is with you, it's like being with a sunflower pretty much. It's looking at your face is like looking at a sunflower. Um, and sunflowers like const constantly following the sun to get the... Um, constantly following and constantly gaining the nutrients from the sun. Sorry about my, my science. It's not quite there. Um, but um, just as everyone is called to be the salt and light of the earth, um, you have such a, a way of just being present um, that has such an impact uh, to the people around you and the environment around you. Um, that your face constantly following the sun. In this instance, it's, the evidence is plain on your face, what you're looking at and what you're focusing on. And that uh, reflects out into the room and it impacts everybody. So your smile lights up the room with like a heavenly, a heavenly warmth. So every time you smile. Hallelujah. So good. Hey, look, I'm seeing Domarama and I'm also thinking of Elise. Uh, you have done so much in helping. She's been putting packs together for our, for some of our single moms and just being a blessing. So Elise, shout out to you. Thank you for your kindness and all that you've done. Hooray. Well, Joseph, we're about to go to our Zoomunion groups, communion groups online. Listen to me. I, I really, really urge you to please get involved. We've got some wonderful leaders ready to pray with you. And, but it's not just about you receiving, it's actually about you being a blessing to others, praying for others. This is what fellowship looks like. And though currently we're not allowed to um, be here together in the building and have our beautiful communion groups, we need to fight for community. And we do, one of the ways we're doing this is with our live communion groups. So I really encourage you to jump on and do that. Joseph, why don't you um, just say a prayer to send them all out into the week for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we've been able to keep doing church online. Thank you, Father, yeah. for the mothers. Thank you, Father, for my mom. Thank you, Father, that we're just going to have a whole week of just with you. We're just going to be constantly aware of you. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Jump into a communion group now and we'd love for you to be able to be a blessing and to be blessed. We love you so much and we'll see you on Friday. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.